but <laughs> I just can't stand it. I, I just cannot understand how an individual can get himself or herself in the position where you can go and break shit to get okay. things done. It just doesn't make sense. And like Look, you said, I, it comes from, um, <clears throat> it comes from, you know, learning and the teachings at home. And mm-hmm. because I believe a certain way, there's I, I cannot ever believe that my kids are ever going to get there because I don't believe in that. You understand? Welcome to another episode of Just Us Dads. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining another Dadversation. If this is your first time here, please subscribe, turn on the notifications, just make sure you get everything that we do whenever we do it. Of course, you can follow us on all social media platforms and on all platforms where you get your podcasts. Once again, we're here with Chris. He's at home and we're here with George. He's at a hotel room. Not sure what he's doing there. But. I'm remotely remote. <laughs> he's at a hotel. We, we don't ask questions. He's uh, he's in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? Uh, no, good, 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 good. Have you guys seen the chaos coming out of uh, the U.S.? Did you see those clips of that couple? Those uh, guns. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like what the? And they're lawyers too, apparently. So. Uh, and it's it's fucking crazy because, you know, at first and and last night there was a I saw an interview on CNN that that lawyer actually gave to uh, to what's his name Chris Cuomo or whatever the journalist is, and, mm-hmm. and he explained certain things that put things into perspective. And what sucks is that when the story first broke out, these guys were like the enemy, right? How how dare you bring out guns? to these uh, peaceful protesters, you know, the Black uh, Black Lives Matter movement, you know, that everyone is so sensitive to, et cetera, et cetera. And they became like the evil people. And maybe they are, I don't know. But, you know, it's interesting because you had the flip side of the coin with what he was saying. And of course, look, I don't believe in gun ownership to begin with. But first of all, if you saw, if you saw the, the size of that house <laughs> that he has, if that were my house, I don't know if I'd have guns, but I'd probably consider some form of protection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, huge. Yeah. This, this mansion. Anyway, and the news basically, all the headlines was, uh, all the headlines were that this group of protesters were marching peacefully, apparently, towards the, uh, I think it's in St. Louis, I think, uh, to, towards the mayor's house. Because everyone that uh, that came out to uh, everyone that came out in favor of you know the whole defund the police uh, movement that's happening in the U.S., she called them out, names, addresses, and everything, which is in itself very strange. Like, why would you call out these people publicly? It's like, what exactly are you? Do you want to start here? You know what I mean? Like, if that's not some form of uh, incentive for you know the other group of you know whoever they are to go against these people i mean why are you inciting further violence right so anyway so in response to that apparently this is what they were doing right they were headed 
you know, towards her house and they passed in front of these two lawyers' houses who, you know, got scared or for whatever reason, they came out with their guns trying to protect uh, their property. And at first, when I saw him, like, look at these idiots, man. Like, okay, relax. Your life isn't in danger. These are peaceful protesters. They're just marching along their way because uh, this is how the media portrayed it, right? But then he comes out on CNN uh, and he says, listen, two things happen, okay? First of all, the mayor's house is like over a mile away from mine in a complete other direction, all right? So the mayor's house has nothing to do with my location, okay? Number one. Number two, he lives in a gated community. It's private. So these guys broke down the gate, walked into this private area, and obviously his house was there. So, and this wasn't mentioned, right? And he also, and this I haven't verified, but he mentioned that the organizer of this protest knew that this is what they were going to do, that it was illegal, and that they were going to uh, throw down that gate to walk into whatever privileged uh, people's uh, private property to prove exactly what point I don't know, and and when to I was them, they, they wanted to make the rich feel vulnerable. I don't know, but listen to me, man. You can either protest or you can be a fucking anarchist. You know what I mean? And you cannot be an anarchist and use that as an excuse to say I am a peaceful demonstra uh, demonstrator or a protester and it's my right. No, it's not. Like you broke, and of course, look, I don't know if it's true, but based on what that guy's saying. They broke down a whole gate and they walked into it. It's private property. And that's what he was arguing. He goes, listen, the minute that you cross that gate, it's private property. Okay, you want to protest? That's fine. And what sucks is that these two individuals now are the face of the anti-Black Lives Matter movement uh, people. And it's not the case. Like, I mean, from what I understood, this guy has defended Black people uh, his entire career. He's worked, I don't know how many years to build his life which, you know, everyone has the right to, right? And okay, he's wealthy and good for him. He works for it. What right do you have to break into this private property? And I'm, I'm assuming he's not the only one living there. I mean, it's from what I understood, it's a gated community. And like, what's the purpose? I, I, I just bothered me so much. You know what I mean? And you know what? Look, they have whatever gun laws they have in the US and they have the right to carry them. And if I were in his shoes, you know what, man? I don't know. Maybe I do the same. If you see a group of people that you cannot control on your own, and we're talking about hundreds of people here, it yeah. wasn't just like five, six people just randomly walking by. It was an organized demonstration, protest, whatever you want to call it, into a private gated community. Like, I don't understand, man. Like, it's gotten out of hand. Like, it's gone the complete opposite way, you know? I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and I was just thinking, you know, what if that is your kid? You know what I mean? Like, imagine your kid tells you, I'm going out uh, to a friend's house or, you know, whether they lie to you or not. Who knows? Whatever. Or maybe even they say the truth, you know? Maybe you want to encourage your kids to take part in, you know, in this sort of, you know, civil engagement, right? I mean, this is a huge deal. Uh, you know, you, you, you have a point that you want to defend and you 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 want to you want your kid to experience this that's fine as long as it's peaceful and you're not hurting anyone and you, you can make sure that nobody hurts you you encourage your kids to go out and then you find out that he broke into a private property and he got shot and he died you understand like as a mm. parent like what, what do you what do you do like don't you start like do you start blaming everyone do you start blaming everything do you start this is this is and this it's it's real right these are these things have happened i'm just as a parent now 
looking from the perspective of all these kids in the street breaking things, you know what I mean? Do you think that their parents have any idea that their kids are doing these things, right? I mean, maybe this kid is an angel at home. Maybe this kid is like a, you know, a top student or whatever. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't even know that your kid is there. And, you know, you find out that your kid has been hurt or your kid's been shot or your kid has been beaten or he's in jail because he broke into a store and stole guitars, uh, you know, like they did here in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal. Thieves, you know? Uh, it's just crazy to me, man. It's crazy. And, you know, I saw a lot of these things in Greece when I used to live in Greece because, you know, obviously in Greece every second day there's something happening and, you know, there it gets really violent. And I remember at some point they had shot, I think it was a 14-year-old kid, and the parents were out against the system, right? Oh, where is the police? Where's the government? How can you do this? Blah, blah, blah. 15-year-old kid. Meanwhile, the cops had a backpack full of guns, knives, Molotov cocktails, uh, gas masks. I'm sorry, man. Is your kid going to war? We're like, what's going on over here? You know, and and I don't know. Instinctively, I tend to get on the side of the parents because maybe you have no idea what your kid is up to. But at the end of the day, something like this can end up to something, you know, that is unfortunate, right? And I don't know. I was seeing all these things unfold, and I'm like, you know, who are these kids' parents? Like, do they know what's going on right now? Do they know that their kids are marching in front of perhaps two psychopaths? Who knows? <clears throat> that are carrying and waving guns. Do they even know how to control these guns? Have they have have they had the uh, necessary training to manipulate these guns? You know, what if in a moment of stress or whatever, the guy pulls the trigger? Like, anything can happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about this. <sighs> Look... Uh, George, look, it, for me, it's, this is a very, very complicated situation. I think it's not unprecedented, obviously. Uh, things have happened in the past. You said about uh, the gun ownership. I used to be somebody who was anti-gun, but I'm starting to believe or at least respect more or accept more the U.S. and the Second Amendment. And this is for these type of reasons, right? Because you're thinking if, if a society is all great and just and you don't need police and you don't need justice, you don't need anything, that's, that's utopia. And it's fine. But if you want to be real and pragmatic about a society, um, maybe, you know, societies that don't have guns can't protect themselves. And what I'm saying is that the Second Amendment for the U.S., it's not only self-defense. A lot of people think it's only self-defense. It's not only self-defense. It's against tyrannical government, usurpations government. It's when things get out of control. It's for Exactly. It's for you to protect yourself. And yeah, I'm trying to this, see it man, more, and I'm defending it more, man. Yeah, but tyrannical because, governments, when have uh, they had a tyrannical government in the U.S.? The, the, ba the basis was It's not about a tyrannical government in the U.S. It's because of other tyrannical governments. If six million Ukrainians had guns, they wouldn't be killed. If six million Jews had guns, they wouldn't be ashes today. Yeah, you but, you, you, yeah, no, no. But, yeah but you're also living in a country that has uh, way more than any other country's ability to protect itself. Yeah, but look at that you know, couple. With, with trillions of dollars that, worth that of couple, That spending. couple you just spoke about at the beginning, if yeah. they didn't have any guns to scare anybody away. It's hypothetical. Would they have marched into the house and broken in and put it in, put it to flames? We don't know. Well, you no, know, well, what I'm saying is I, but, I'm not but, saying I'm 100% for it. I'm just saying I'm yeah. starting to understand it a lot more. And it's for mm -hmm. situations like this where it's going to come in handy because look, maybe, there's one thing yeah. to protest and there's one thing to riot. Yeah, exactly. The protest, I agree. I'm sure there's real problems and despair in the heart of the protest and there's people that are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage my kid to protest. 
Right. I wouldn't do it personally. But if it was for something that he holds dear or he thinks he's making a change, I get it. I have a different mantra in my I, I, I don't think you can get anything by demand. You don't you can't just ask, demand, and get. I believe in you work hard and you achieve. So it's not my personal mantra. But if he believes something at a young age where he's not developed yet, then then maybe it is the, the way to do it. But a peaceful protest is not looting. It's not arson. It's exactly. not destroying. It's not violence. 100%. And you know what? That is not going to change anything. Yeah. And the worst is that the protest, which could have been peaceful, is fueled by confusion, misinformation, right? Mistrust, cynicism, paranoia. And you have people that cannot control their emotions that are trying to control other people's behavior. Yeah. And you know what? Defund the police. We like. I'm not saying I have the answer. I'm not, all I'm saying is that what's happening now is conversation stops, and violence is never the answer. You can go read every study out there. Yeah. You know what? You'll achieve more with a pro peace, uh, pro uh, peace protest than an anti war protest because you're causing resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know this I mean? is not a good. Uh, not a good it, solution. It, it never was. It never was. In any, think- in any given situation, the best approach is de-escalation, always. Um, but don't, don't also forget, because, you know, we've, we've been raised and we live in a country that has a completely different culture, right? Where your first, inst- your first instinct would have been, shit, 100 people just broke our gate. This is a private property. Call the cops right now, right? That would be your first reflex. Whereas their first reflex is, grab the guns. We're going to war. You understand? Like, it's a, it's a different mentality. Mm-hmm. different culture saying. absolutely uh, and, and that for me is obviously something that we can't understand because we haven't lived it we haven't experienced it we are in a completely different mindset right um so f- naturally it's weird for you to see two people coming out with guns protecting and we it's not we forget about those two lawyers i mean we've seen it also in other demonstrations recently where businessmen and businesswomen have been standing in front of their stores with guns it's like don't and, not, and shit, knives you know what i mean and knives yeah, yeah. um and I kind of agree. I don't agree with them. I understand them 100% because amidst these demonstrations, you have all these idiots, all these anarchists that have nothing to do with the organization. They have nothing to do with the organizers. They have nothing to do with the people that are there to just quietly, peacefully march and you know demonstrate their point or prove their point. These are organized cliques of anarchists that are there just to break shit. And that That's exists right. everywhere. That's it right. And, and it's important that the media doesn't make or doesn't amalgamate like all these groups into one, because it's not one. You have yeah. Black Lives Matter. Within Black Lives Matter, you have people that are violent and you have people that are not. Within Antifa, you have a lot of violent people. Then you have the peaceful protesters that just want to walk and just say, hey, you know what? I've, I've been influenced by Martin Luther King. I believe in what he says. Right. But at the same time, you can't think that by, like, the, the, the civil rights movement didn't happen because he made a speech. Like, we constantly see the speech with the 200,000 people around. But it took years and years. It takes effort. Yeah. It takes logic, reasoning. It takes debate. It takes discourse. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be by breaking down stuff. Yeah. And just to bring it back to like what I was saying with your, with your kid, if he really believes for something, you, don't wanna, you never want to discourage somebody who's very like, motivated, right? But at the same time, you want to see where the logic is. Because if he can't explain himself, he shouldn't be out rioting. Right. You shouldn't be out protesting if you can't explain it to me in simple English. Why are you going out there and what do you want to achieve and what is the outcome? 
you shouldn't be out there. So what's so what's your approach? Do you as a parent sit down and have that discussion with your kids to try to explain to them what's going on, give them your side of the story? Do you, do you try to sway them away from doing something that you wouldn't do? Or do you still want them to go do it, but to have an understanding of what's at stake? Is that for me or George? Whatever, anyone. Well, which, My, what really isn't uh, what comes first, right? Sorry? You want to diffuse it. It's not going to be based on what you want as a parent. Well, look, assuming, assuming, of course, that your kid is going to a peaceful march, okay? Let, let's just start from there, okay? Obviously, if he's going with a hammer and a gas mask, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you catch yeah. him, I will Already, it's not a good sign. Yeah, I will tie my sign. kid up and beat him up in the house or something. You know what I mean? It's like, where are you going with this shit? You know, like, it's not happening, you know? Uh, but assuming that it's a peaceful uh, protest and, you know, maybe they're learning about civil rights movements in their class, in their history class, or, uh, you know, in their, in their environment class, or they're learning about pollution or whatever, greenhouse gas effects, and, you know, they were present uh, in the big demonstration that happened, in the big march that happened here in Montreal, uh, when was it, uh, earlier this year or last year? Um, what do you do? Do you sit down and tell your kid, listen, man, what's going on? You want to go to this demonstration? What do you know? What do you know about Black Lives Movement? Have you, you know... Mm-hmm. What, do you have that conversation to understand where he or she really stands and why they feel like they want to be engaged in this movement? Or do you just ignore it and say, you know what, just go, don't worry, you'll learn. Uh, like, what's your take? What's your stance? I think with all this stuff going on today, logic is not going to win this one. Because I don't believe that the people that are doing or acting this way are at the level where they're actually being logical about something. They're very, very emotional. They're very, very aggravated. They're very, very upset, frustrated, vengeful, right? Vindictive. They have, they have every negative emotion that's driving them to go do something. So I don't think the focus is on the result or the outcome. Their focus is really on the destruction. So I not don't think there's though, much... Not, not everyone, though. Not, not everyone. No, but you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that, you know what? Let's all work together and figure out what, what racism is and that it's a bad thing. Criticize academic altogether. I just don't want to see, you don't want people to start seeing racism or it's not. And that is, that, is, that, that is pernicious thinking. You have to be very, very careful starting to attack things and starting to see it everywhere because it's not everywhere. And obviously we could talk about systemic and institutional racism. That's a whole other debate. But what I'm saying is that you need to have, the, I agree, you need to have the conversation. And trying to tackle a world problem like racism is, is not going to happen by breaking down stuff. It isn't. Like, I could almost promise that. It doesn't work like that. Because who are you protesting against? Who are you writing against? A big government. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but, in, but, in my personal, yeah. the way I see it personally, it's, yeah, you try and see with your kid, like, what does he know about this? How does he think? But my mentality is, obviously, if you don't like something, you try to change it, okay? And if you really don't like something, you really try to change it. But after a while, if you can't change it, you got to change the way you think about it. 
You got you got to change the way you're thinking, and and that will bring you other ideas to tackle the problem different. But what if yeah. the way that you've been thinking has been the right way? You understand? Like, put yourself, and it's very difficult for us to understand that, right? I had. What do you mean? I'll tell you. I had my other podcast um, uh, community leader. He's a black kid, very much engaged, and you know, just I wanted to understand their perspective. And you have to understand, like, even though it's difficult to put ourselves in their shoes the shit that they've dealt with or that their families or that their ancestors have been, uh, have dealt with. And obviously was much more pronounced in, you know, back in, you know, in the nine, in the early 900s or, you know, late previous generations, century, yeah. you know, previous generation, I get that, but it's just something that they are continuously faced with. And at some point it's like the last drop just spills out. Right. And you're like, look, man, enough is enough. When are we going to understand that we are, we shouldn't, we should no longer be there as a society, right? So I understand the frustration. I understand the movement. But what I'm what I'm trying to to get at from what you said that look, if you can't do it enough to change, then change the way you think. But where have they gone wrong? Like where have what I'm say, saying? What, what I'm saying? For what example, I'm saying the, is the, the black is, community. Where have they gone wrong? Like no, but what what look, that's that's a big debate. It's it's, it's for another episode. But what I mean by you got to change the way you think about it. It's like all meaningful change. Oh, the approach. Okay. What I'm saying, all meaningful change comes from within, meaning that if everybody changed the way they thought, then maybe racism can start maybe eradicating itself. It starts from there. Mm -hmm. Nothing comes by force. And what do I mean by that? It's like you have to really start seeing facts. And I'm not saying, like I said, I understand where it's coming from, but how justified is it? Why can't we have a conversation about it? Because sometimes facts do matter. And when you start looking at facts, then maybe things, you know what, could take a different uh, a course. But when you're just closed to discourse, conversation stops, there's not much you can do. Yeah. So you know what? I'm not saying that there's no, there's no racism. There's a lot of racism. There's personal racism, interpersonal racism. That's for sure. I personally don't believe today there's systemic or institutional racism. Maybe in the States, um, there is more racism on the personal level, but systemic racism, institutional racism that allows it, that doesn't punish it when it happens, that I don't buy. You're, 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 talking, it, you're talking strictly on a legal basis. I'm talking there about a legal Because there are laws yeah. preventing That's right. Racism. There's laws that protect the but systemic there racism. racism. But there is racism. Absolutely, yeah. there's racism. Of course, no, nobody denies that. Nobody denies the racism, but that's what I'm saying. When you start seeing it in places where it's not, it's kind of difficult to, to deal with the problem. But it's a very fine line, Chris. You know, even if on a, on legal grounds, you can argue that there is no systemic racism, uh, racism, people within the system that are racist and that have been practicing, uh, you know, the, the these approaches for decades upon decades, doesn't it become systemic though? No. Systemic racism is, is not like, a bunch of people like, in the like system give, that are racist. I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you, there's laws against that, and we're all, there, nobody disagrees with that. Okay, let's say for example we take a fire station. Okay, where the the the, the chief or whatever the title is, I don't know what they're they're called. The the, the chief of the, the the fire station is a white man and he's racist. Okay, and he refuses to hire black firemen. Okay, he's a racist. Nobody fucking talks about it. Uh, everybody kind of closes their eyes. Uh, after a while, I mean... You think that's a majority? 
No, it's obviously not the majority, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the existence of these things, right? When we're talking well, about yeah, but racism, do you think that in itself, yeah, over but a it, prolonged period of time, it kind of becomes systemic. Yeah, but no, no, that's not the definition of systemic because, or institutional racism. Because you represent the system. You are in, in no, this, an example. You represent yourself, and that's a personal decision. So you're a personal racist. Yeah, but when, not, when nobody ever does anything about it, Chris, when nobody actually steps up, to call this guy out because of his stature, because, and this is just an example that we're giving, and I'm sure that it happens, right? I'm sure we've all no, but heard George, 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 you know what you're saying? You're saying that fraud happens, and fraud does happen, but because somebody found the loop and is frauding someone else, doesn't mean that there's the, the systemic fraud. You have to be very, very the careful how you use systemic and institutional. The, the difference is that when there's a fraudulent activity and you call a cop, there's going to be an investigation, right? It, maybe yeah. they'll they'll come to an end or maybe they won't. But in this given example, for example, uh, like who do you call? You call government officials, say your chief of, you know, the fire police station is racist. He doesn't hire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and yet still nothing gets done. Like, and we've seen these things. You know, we hear about them all the time. I know, you know? I know they exist, but this is my case. This is what I'm trying to say. You know what? It's not perfect. There's still racism and, and nobody denies that. I don't think anybody could den deny there's no racism. And you know what? Eradicating racism is a big problem to tackle and it ain't going to happen. It like almost now. feels like it's impossible, unfortunately. I, yeah. I'm not saying, it, well, yeah, unfortunately it might be impossible, but it's not going to be solved uh, because a couple of people went in the streets and started breaking stuff. So, but what I'm saying is that you can make a pretty cogent case that we've had a little bit of of progress when it comes in the realm of racism what do i mean i mean there's black politicians there's black congressmen congresswomen yes. there's been a black president there's the highest paid athletes in the u.s are black artists rappers that are black that get paid a lot of money in sports right you have a lot of blacks in high-paying jobs and authority positions yeah so somehow you cannot say that we haven't made any progress yeah right all i'm saying is when you act a certain way you devalue the progress and you devalue real racism and everybody wants to gather everybody wants to get together and go fight real racism but you cannot discredit the progress yeah and by going out and saying that every cop is racist or ev every black person is discriminated against yeah, no, and wrong. every cop is out to get a black person and denying everything else or not having the conversation about culture, gangs, fatherlessness and stuff like that, it, 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 for me, it's weird. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. We yeah. all agree that something has to be done, but we have to be very, very careful not to see it where it's not. And, and I, I think and, people are seeing it where it's not. And again, this is a much larger conversation, but there are also reasons why these communities have historically been marginalized too. Like Absolutely. Why, why is it always them that have the the the, the low-paying job? Like you mentioned a couple of people. Yes, there are, there are uh, black people that have accomplished great things, but at the same time, I think the... There, 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 there's a quite important percentage of this population that lives in very dire situations, right? So why is that, you know? Why is it that, you know, the circumstances are such that they always end up working the, the low-paying jobs or that there's well, yeah, a huge you, uh, dropout rate uh, in, in these communities, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously yeah, that, that has... That's and that a has conversation direct, to have. Exactly. And that has... Well, that's a, a conversation direct, to have. 
And, and you can have a conversation like that and you can spend probably two, three hours talking about this stuff and then maybe you get somewhere. But just saying that you fix this and all the black culture problems that they're having in the inner cities and all, all the, the, the poverty aspects of it are going to be resolved. I think it's borderline delusion. And I'm for, I'm for it because obviously everyone wants to solve the racism problem. I just don't find it's the right way to tackle it. You know what else I question often? How authentic are the politicians, um, you know, and all the, you know, all our public officials that have come out and they've taken a, you know, quote unquote stance on, on these things. And, you know, they've called out racism and all that stuff just because suddenly, you know, it's, it's a trending thing, right? I mean, there's, there's something happened in the U S that exploded and maybe rightfully so maybe, like I said before, it was that last drop that made everything just spill and, you know, just go crazy. Maybe we needed this. Maybe we needed to, to, for people to open up their eyes, but no, we don't need this, man. You don't need, no, no, no. what I'm saying is in the sense of sensitizing the population to something that may exist, that we were either oblivious to, or that we neglected, uh, or that we were ignorant towards. What I'm saying is that the change makers in our society, those people that, the, the people that we elect and the people that are you know, in office right now because they see all this and they came out and took a stand. Is it authentic? That's what I'm questioning. Are you going to be around? Are you going to stick around and make sure that in your district, in your community, in your parliament, that you actually make sure that it gets somewhere, right? That we have answers. And and the perfect example is here in Montreal. And I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I, I said it somewhere. Last year in the month of October, Uh, or September, October, there was a, a, an independent committee within the police of Montreal that conducted um, uh, uh, a study on all the cases, you know, arrests, etc. And they came out with a report, and the report clearly stated that over um, in the black community, the people are four times more susceptible of being arrested than anyone else. In the Aboriginal community, the natives are three times more susceptible of being arrested than anyone else. And uh, in the Arab uh, community, they are twice uh, more susceptible uh, of being arrested than anyone else. And for me, that's just an eye-opening statement that there's clearly racial profiling happening, right? This is a study that was done not on arrests that led to charges, etc. This is just people being stopped, you know, just... Why are you being stopped? You know, why are we stopping two black individuals riding in a Mercedes, right? Maybe the cops have a lead. Maybe, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? And we're not going to start guessing here, but these are facts, right? And the mayor of Montreal ignored this whole report. She ignored it completely. She did nothing about it. What I'm trying to get to is that you have this report being done and you, you did nothing. Okay. And like, we know we did not because you, like, I mean, I've been following it. She did nothing at the end of the last year. Now, suddenly, there's this international movement, you know, against racism, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. Suddenly, the mayor of Montreal comes out and says, I am shocked, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing about systemic racism, and we need a, a special committee to look over this. Hello, your own fucking police force, six months ago, not even five months ago, was giving you factual information, and you ignored it. And now because something is trending, you come on, make a statement. And that's what I question. Where, how authentic is this? Like, are we going to see 
like what, what are we gonna see that like just i'm curious what what are you proposing you know what i mean okay you came out and you said whatever you said what are you doing about it you know what i mean like are you gonna do anything about it or are you just talking to talk you know and, and just to come back to the example where black people are just stopped four times more often than white people and we're talking we're not talking about criminal stuff okay we're just talking about them being stopped and questioned four times more than any other like to me it's crazy man back to the, the original point of your conversation writers are not political activists they're people looking for a fucking fight mm -hmm. that's what they are well look l l let's, let's they're, they're not they're not representing a cause they just want to they're just they want it they want to get it out of their system they've been looking for the fight here's one i'll jump into this one yeah yeah. So, so wait, let's get back to what, to, to what we initially started talking about our kids. <laughs> this is a dad's, uh, yeah. obviously. Uh, your kid is an anarchist, okay? Like, you know it. Like, I mean, your kid it, it starts putting up... Uh, That's a know. very, very big hypothetical uh, situation. Well, anarchist, again, anarchist, automatically people think it has something to do with rioting and causing all this. It does. It's not the whole spectrum of anarchy. No, but he's one of those guys with, you know, the megaphone and calling out, uh, you know, like he, he's one of those guys that, you know, I don't no, wanna, that's, that's I, a I don't protest. what I want. I, I, I'd want to do to those guys because I've seen Whoa. quite a few of them breaking my office. But, um, yeah, let's say, uh, let's say that was your child. Like, what do you like? What do you do? Like, you know, one of those kids that you kind of see in the news and they take a stand and they they, they express themselves. Public. Like you, you turn on the news and you have. You know, a 20, 30-year-old. Well, 30, you can't really tell them much. But let's say, like, those 18-year-olds, 16, 17, 18, you know, like, high, like, you know, CGIP, high school. It, CGIP, it, and it, it, goes, it goes back to George. It's what we said before. If he's just going to go on television or on a university or whatever, on a platform, and have an adult tantrum without saying much, then there's nothing there. If he's able to go there and actually make sense and talk about stuff and really state some facts reason uses logic give a solution say how people get together to fix the problem then yeah go for it but in no i find if i raise the kid as an anarchist i think i failed All right and i'm not saying anarchists shouldn't exist there's a there's a big marxist anarchist movement going on now like marxism is resurfacing i i think uh, like th there's no there's no point to trying to control everything but one day, you should be able to sit down, have a conversation with an anarchist and try to convince them on your side. Yeah. That, that, that's the whole power of influence and persuasion to the right side. Because ideally, you want something moral and ethical. And everyone agrees on morality and ethics pretty much, pretty much. Like there is, there is, there is a little bit of a divide, but pretty much everyone kind of agrees what's right. And you know what? People right now... Maybe I said it before, maybe I'm repeating myself, but people that cannot control their emotions are trying to control everyone's behavior. And you got to control your emotions. Your emotions are like the intellect. They got to be challenged and controlled. It's just a, it's just a sensor. It's telling you if the temperature is hot or not. It's not for there. It's not for you to have a tantrum, right? And that's why we have 15-year-old men and we also have 55-year-old kids because it's, it's a maturity thing. For me, it's not the way to do it. And you got you get you got to be real with your kid. You got to be real with them and show them a couple of things and and show them how to think, critical thinking, ask the right questions, and be and, and you you need your kid. Obviously, you want your kid to have compassion, but you have to be very very careful. It's not only about feelings. 
And also try try to think of how the actual cause affects you personally before you you go to the forefront, you know, and sacrifice yourself. Yeah, and Dennis, I don't know if you guys know Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager said it best. He's like, in the whole world, there's three four people that care about how you feel: your parents, maybe your sister, your brother. Three four people care how you feel. The rest of the world cares how you behave and what your actions are. That's what you need to control, mm-hmm. right? So, you know what? Like I said, there's real problems and despair in the heart of these protests, but there's no reason for them to be fueled into riots. And that's where I draw the line. I'm for protesting. I encourage it. I think it's good. But as long as the protest forces conversation, forces discord, not shuts it down because the riots shut it down. Yeah, I don't think think anyone would disagree with that. But, you know, the the question is, what happens when your when your kid crosses that line? You said, Chris, that you would feel that you failed as a parent. But what's next, right? Like, how? Well, do you, look, look. I'm, I'm taking. Uh, well, I'm obviously I'm preparing. Obviously, I'm putting little seeds that I think is right. I'm obviously letting him think. And if he feels that strongly about something, it's like, why do you feel like that? And I like talking. You guys know me. I like having conversation. I like debate. Sometimes they get heated. But it's, I, I'm somebody that really believes that an advanced society or a civilized society deals with issues with conversation. Yeah. That, know, that's how we get ahead. <laughs> and, and, and that's what I meant by meaningful change comes from within. It's like you try to be a better person. You do what you got to do. You yeah. don't do the bullying, but at the same time, you learn how to deal with the bullying. You don't be a racist, but learn how to deal with racism. It, it's about growing. It's about that's what's mo- most important because things will yeah. happen to you. Things will happen around you. That, yeah. That's inevitable. But yeah. how to deal with the situation and how to be smart about it. And now you're going to say, Chris, you're, you're, you're kind of living in a utopia. But if everyone did that right, if you have a bunch of people that are doing things right, eventually you'll get rid of the bad or at least you, you, you're going to minimize it to a lesser degree because everyone's have bad, everyone's have good. It's just how do you suppress the bat? Right. So you need to have the conversation with your kid. What do you think? What do you believe? What do you believe? Why do you believe that? And it's okay. You don't have to. I don't, I'm not the kind of parent that believes that you should indoctrinate your kid with your thoughts because you have wrong thoughts. You have probably wrong filters. And, and the way you think and the way your mindset is today is a product of what you lived and you experienced. So you cannot just project your thoughts and your ideas into a kid that's going to grow and be an adult 30 years down the line, right? It's going to be a different world. Let's also, let's also understand that a lot of these kids come from a family setting where maybe that is the reality, right? Where they have grown with parents that have been anarchists, right? I mean, maybe this is the the environment. This is the reality for them. That's the 55-year-old kids I'm talking about. Yeah. No, but you have these people. I mean, we're not, you know, anarchists are not only 16, 17, 18-year-old kids that don't understand what real life is, you know? I've seen older people do stupid things. That's right? what I mean. And they that's a 55 year old looking kid. at them. Yeah, they have kids that are looking at them and they believe that that's what's right, right? I mean, it's very difficult to go and convince these people or at least these kids or, you know, adults uh, about rationalizing their actions when they spent 
the last 18, 19, 20, whatever, 21 years following into their parents' footsteps. Uh, and those footsteps have been exactly what that kid is doing now, right? Yeah. Uh, so that that's also a big re- I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we have to understand that. There is a, a, a huge cluster of our society that that is situated in the extremes, whether it's in the right or in the left. And for me, those mm-hmm. extremes are the same thing. You know, like when you look at Antifa blocking themselves out in the U.S., like a whole six-block radius calling themselves a peaceful uh, organization, that's bullshit. Like, I mean, that's as... Um, uh, uh, yeah, Antifa is an oxymoron. You, you know what I mean? That's as fascist as it gets. Like, you, I mean, you cannot be anti-fascist and be fascist at the same time. It's weird. You know what it is, George, or George's? Is you don't. What you're seeing today is people that box themselves into their ideological box, and that's very, very bad because the emotion is high, logic is low, so. When emotion is high, the certainty is high. So these are people that are very certain in their position and how they feel, and they won't sway. So that's why I said logic won't win this one because you got to let people. It, it's too electric. The atmosphere is too electric still. It's too. It, it's it's not right. It has to calm down a bit, right? But what happens is the reason they don't want to have conversation is because they're so emotional, right? And they're so certainty in their ideological position that when you take them into another domain which requires expertise or knowledge, you expose the ignorance and then you can have a conversation. And that's what sucks. That's what's bad. And then you got to figure out, well, in university, you were supposed to do that. University is not somewhere where you go indoctrinate kids. University is where all ideas have to be challenged and exposed. Yeah, but you know that that's not the case. Well, you see, that's what I'm saying. So let's, let's have a conversation about a lot of things. It's easy to say it's racism, it's this, it's Islamophobia, it's bigotry, it's uh, look, all these words are just flying now. It's like, well, do we understand them? Yeah. And and I've seen that because you were in a science field where everything is factual, right? Like, I mean, you have to learn a you know, one plus one equals two. I was in an arts field, you know. I mean, I studied politics, so I was amidst that crowd that is ideological. I had teachers you know you know academia that also played into these things you know i had teachers that were complete leftists and i had teachers that were you know complete on the right mm-hmm. and it reflected in the way that they um they led the class right absolutely so and i saw that obviously i was in that field of study and it's it's tough because when you're 18 19 20 years old and you don't have the maturity that we have now where you have certain life experiences etc you just absorb right you absorb everything you listen you if your teacher comes out and says certain things you're going to take them into consideration right absolutely uh, and uh, that's also a problem that we have, I, f- I-, I find, you know, because yeah. a lot of these kids are out there doing whatever they're doing without clearly having an understanding of what it is they're doing, right? It's just a trend that we've got to, and now, especially with all the social media and everything, you know, everyone's taking selfies and, um, you know, uh, how many, how many people were caught? Have you seen those things? Uh, did you see those things online where you had all these influencers or whatever, and they were caught on camera, right? They would pull up in a car step outside in front of a crowd with their little posters, Black Lives Matter, you know, hashtag. They would snap a couple pictures and run back in the car and fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you see that? that, that, that that's, 
but you know, oh. like it's got it's, it's gotten to that. You know, it's like what do you what do we we have to come up with a term for these people? It, <laughs> you know I mean? Like 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 Snapchat warriors. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, yeah. Look, it's uh, George. It's what it is, man. Uh, we have to make the difference between TikTok warriors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to we have to make the difference between subjective opinion and objective fact. Yeah. Opinion is subjective, meaning everyone's opinion is to be heard, and there might be a point. But there are certain things that everyone kind of agrees. And when you start denigrating science, when you start discrediting uh, factual things, now you, I'm going back to this because it's important. You can't have conversation. Yeah. And the second conversation, and that's why I'm going back to the States now with the First Amendment, right? Freedom of speech. While they're trying to protect the freedom of speech, Canada, on the other hand, is voting in speech hate laws. Yeah. So we have to be very careful because, you know what? I may disagree with you on everything. Well, hypothetically, I don't, but you know what I mean? But you have every right to say it. And I want to hear what you have to say. And you can disagree with me with everything I'm saying, but you want to hear what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, right? a, whole, because, yeah, that's a whole other debate. I feel like we haven't George, really defined e- what e- hate speech means. Look, that, that, that's another episode. It could be an interesting episode to have. But you know what? I'm with the Americans on this one. I'll tell you why. Hate speech doesn't exist because it's not that it doesn't exist. It does exist, but you want to know about it. If somebody is out there uttering hate speech, you want to know who the bad guy is. You want to know what the crazy is thinking. So once you get rid of that, then it's silence. And you know what? Silence, silence doesn't, bruise, doesn't give you bruise clues. Things. It bruises things. It bruises, exactly. So from that aspect, you kind of want to hear it. And it's you know, not only that. it's not only that you don't even know who not to support in that context because you don't know how they feel. Absolutely. So I mean, at Absolutely. least if you if you know where he stands, you're like, fuck it, I'm not gonna buy this motherfucker's product. No, yeah. I'm not gonna go to his store. I'm not gonna go to his community thing. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna support his his things. Like like that guy in the U.S. Where was he in Colorado? Where uh, a gay couple was getting married and they went in to uh, to ask for the guy to to make them a the cake. cake, and he yeah, refused. Yeah. I know the and, story. And they called it a hate crime. It's not. You know what I mean? Just, That's what I'm just saying. Just avoid his bakery because you don't like don't, his political yeah, stuff. Avoid his bakery. You know and I mean? you know what? If he's such an asshole and he's not good with his clients, call him out. If, no, but if, if, eventually, no, but, eventually, but, but, people are not going to go and he's going to fall. Well, the that's system's going to wean him out. He won't survive. Exactly. Out. But what I'm saying, just to get back to the point of what we're talking about hate crime, is it really a hate crime for somebody not wanting to make your cake? Okay, he's an idiot. That's what he is. He's a dumb idiot that, you know, has no respect for individual rights and freedoms. That's what that is. And him not wanting to make his cake is his dumb decision. It does. That, that, and and, you know, and, I just and that's feel like we have to be very he, careful. He has, the, he has the right to be wrong. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. To charge him a crime for being wrong in his in his views, or of course, because George, that's what we're doing here in Canada. That's what Chris is. Saying. I know, I know, I know. Slippery slope, man. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. We have going down speech there. laws. We have hate speech laws. So, how do you define hate speech? You understand? When there's laws against the the, the court of public opinion. That's how. For me, for me, it's very simple. Obviously, it's it's a little more complicated. Obviously, and it's convoluted because of what? Because of the legal system, right? Like the, the legal system is, is a heavy document or heavy documents. Mm. So you have a lot of clauses and a lot of stuff. So you can make a, a, a subject like this, you can make it this big. But for me, it's very, very simple. It's if you're not inciting direct violence. Which is illegal, yeah. 
than everything else you can say. I agree, hundred percent. Even if you're wrong, even if you're even if you're ignorant, you know what? Mm-hmm. You cannot expect somebody maybe not to be ignorant. Not everyone is educated. Not everyone is not educated. Not everyone's intelligent. Not everyone is um, be, uh, is good with their words. You know what? You cannot censor it. That's all we have. Yeah, it's just, and I agree with you because here in Canada, there's so many gray zones. And you know what? We pass laws, uh, hate speech laws, and knowing willingly that there are these gray zones that we don't know how to. And and look, the best example is what's happening with Mike Ward here in Quebec. You know, Mm -hmm. where you know Mm -hmm. he he did a joke about um, uh, a physically and mentally disabled child, and they called it hate. Like what? You know what I mean? They call that a hate, a, a hate crime or, uh, you know, it's the Human Rights Tribunal that is suing him. And the guy's taking the spirit. So we don't even, we don't even know where we stand. Yeah, stand. yeah, yeah. That, and, and, and that's why I'm a proponent. More, we need more conversation. And why I worry with this movement is because uh, it's shutting it down. And I, I believe in guys like Martin Luther King. I, I, believe, I believe in that kind of power. I believe in the Gandhi power. I believe in the, the pro- uh, peace. I don't believe in the anti-war protest. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if it's for a good cause, I believe in that. But it always takes conversation. It takes persuasion. It takes conviction. It it takes good arguments. You know what? I'm, I'm a true believer that all these uh, these feelings and in, inside of a person. I mean, it all starts at the kitchen table, the family yeah. nucleus. What what you're sitting down and there's a certain feeling, a certain emotion that's being that's coming out of your parents. And you're a young kid and you're absorbing this and, and yeah. they're expressing it either with joy or with frustration and you're absorbing that joy or frustration. And you know what? When it's time for you to show how you feel about it, you tend to go with what you were raised around. So if, if you don't talk about, hey, uh, I don't like uh, so-and-so for that color. Or I don't like so-and-so that religion. Uh, they make me feel this way. Your kid won't pick up on those negative feelings about those people. Like they, yeah. they know absolutely nothing about Absolutely. So it's absolutely correct. Then. Yeah. And you, can, and you know what? If you ever want to have a conversation that is decent, right, you, you have to risk offending some people or else don't say anything. Someone's going to get offended with something you're going to say. No one can say anything that will never offend anybody. And if you, and if you want to have that, interesting conversations. Worse. Sorry, George. If you suppress that conversation too, it's going to lead to worse, man. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I'm not saying logic is everything because logic is limited, right? There's limitations to your logic. As a human species, we're limited to our logic. It doesn't give us all the answers. But we, we figure out that it's till now, 2020, thousands of years, it's kind of the best mechanism to get ideas across. Mm, yeah. And ain't, ain't going to be taking a rock and breaking somebody's head because he doesn't agree with me. No, no, no. The, what, what you're saying is uh, is true, hundred percent. Everything has to come from conversation and debate. If you are a victim of uh, racism, if you experience it at school, at work, or whatever, why would you not step up and say, "Look, this is not right"? You know what I mean? You could. You could. That's what I'm saying. And, and I think if there's of a problem you somewhere, you should always be vocal about it. I just think that if there's an issue. You have to express it. You have to be vocal about it, and you have to do whatever it takes to to find whatever you feel is just right. The important thing today is is opinions are good. Free speech is good. I mean, freedom of speech is good. Conversation is good. Reason and logic is good, and violence is basically not. Yeah, 
you know nobody, and, nobody and, disagrees uh, with that except the anarchist and if i had a kid that was an anarchist he'd get my foot in his ass that's i can guarantee you that so you'd fight fire with fire yeah it doesn't sound <laughs> does it but i just can't stand it i i just cannot understand how an individual can get himself or herself in the position where you can go and break shit to get okay. things done it just doesn't make sense and like Look, you said I, it comes from um <clears throat> it comes from you know learning and the teachings at home and mm -hmm. because i believe a certain way there's i i cannot ever believe that my kids are ever going to get there because i don't believe in that you understand yeah but uh, we never know yeah but that's why we never know yeah i don't know <coughs> so so basically the underlying lesson is that you make i think is that you make sure you're always open you're always open to hear what your kid has to say yeah. you ask the questions but you listen to the answers even if you don't like them and you don't try to you don't try to constantly like retort and rebuttal what he's saying. You just want to understand because you're smarter, right? You know more. So you'll gauge, you'll see the actions, you'll see the behaviors. So you you'll see the in, comments. So you sneak in little pieces, bits of Absolutely. information and uh, constantly, I'm constantly are, monitoring are probably going to click. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm fine with my kid not thinking how I think. Yeah. Like, I don't want my kid to have my, even though I really don't have an ideology. I don't like, the, I have a few ideologies, but I'm not really in a box, right? Yeah. But I don't want him to think exactly like how I think. I, wanna, I, want, I want the diversity of thought. And it's fine, as long as he knows how to explain it. Yeah. Where he got it from. Back Why it does up. it make sense to him? I don't want the indoctrination factor. That's what I hate. I hate when information is, like, inculcated by indoctrination. I hate that. Because that means that you're said the filters are being made without the knowledge. And this is another conversation we can have about free will. Do we really have free will, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, is the, are you pre-programmed? You know, how do you get your information in? Is it really like the modeling, the verbal language? What is it? But yeah. you want to monitor that. And you know what? For me, a person that could provide the world with meaningful change without hurting a fly it's pretty noble. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We can end it on that, boys. Great discussion. Yeah, great yeah, discussion, man. guys. Uh, yeah. George is ready to pass out again. We don't have an explanation as per why he's in a hotel room. But he's away from Montreal. <laughs> Working hard as every parent should. Uh, guys, thanks again uh, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your support we appreciate all the comments send us some uh, insight on what you thought about this like we said in the last episode there is a blog that we will be putting up soon we're working on that we're working on some topics that we can put out there for you guys to read if you have anything that you might want to um uh, might want to hear us talk about send those in as well maybe we can write them in the blog post or maybe we can have a discussion here uh on the podcast uh, and that's it. Thank you all for tuning in. See you all on the next episode. Ciao, guys.